0: Alright guys and welcome to Don't Tread on America. I'm your host Don Q. How's it going today? It is January 26th, 2022. Shit, is almost over. Jesus Christ, it's going to be Christmas before you know it. <laughs> Alright guys, welcome to the show. Today's show brought to you in part by Redcon1.com. That's right, great supplement company guys. I've been telling you about it for months. Go check them out. Use the link at the bottom of the podcast app in which you are listening to this on. And uh, use promo code T20QuarterMist. I hope you guys caught the the shows Friday where I told you there was 40% off. Hopefully you guys uh, took part in that. If not, you snooze, you lose. I don't know what to tell you. Also, speaking of uh, past shows, just wanted to make sure everyone caught the new series I'm going to do on um, just different things throughout history. That that Things that, that have happened in the past, uh, how that's going to equate to what's going to happen to us in the future and how we parallel those same situations that past um, things have happened. Right now I'm doing a series on empires, great empires of mankind that have risen and fell and uh, what was the cause of their strength and demise and how that equates to us here in America. Uh, it's going to be a three-part series. I did part one on Sunday. So hopefully you guys will check that out. Uh, I'll probably do part two this coming Sunday, and then part three the following Sunday, barring any kind of interesting uh, breaking news or any topical conversations that we need to have. Um, <clears throat> and I'll probably do these kind of uh, series on different situations. Right now I'm doing this on Empire, so check that out. Subscribe. Subscribe. Uh, Whatever podcast app you're listening to, the Song Guys, if you subscribe to the show, you'll get the show updates. You'll get the, uh, whenever there's a show. I'm pretty much trying to stay consistent with the Sunday, Wednesday, and Friday shows. So, like I said, if you guys subscribe, like the page on the uh, podcast app, you'll get alerts whenever the show comes up. And then if you also follow us on on com. And link to our social media platforms. If you're on any of those, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, you'll also get updates there. Uh, but like I said, if you subscribe to the web to the uh, website, you will get updates on there also. So go there, subscribe to the page. And uh, like I said, whatever app you're listening to this on, you can give us a like. And please, most importantly, please share this with your friends. Alright, got a couple stories for you today. Alright, what we're going to talk about... I was on Twitter. I noticed a uh, boycott hashtag, boycott Walmart, is trending on Twitter. But why? Hmm. And then a uh, Boston heart transplant patient denied transplant. And then found this: uh, the FDA is pulling its U. I'm sorry, EUA from COVID from a COVID uh, therapeutic. So we'll have to talk about that one. And then a J six committee update. And, uh, are we on the precipice of World War Three? I mean, if you guys obviously listen to the show, <clears throat> you surely watch some sort of news, whatever brand news you watch, or you're on Twitter, or you're on some sort of a situation where you're catching some kind of news updates. Um, everything we're going to talk about today, obviously, it's going to be COVID. We're going to talk about Russia and these things. I just want to give you a different perspective of what I think. Hopefully I'm right or wrong. I don't know. (laughs) All right, first story. So, um, hashtag boycott Walmart is trending on Twitter. Question is why. So you would think, obviously, Walmart America, right? Uh, This is actually out of Canada. The Montreal Gazette is reporting on this. That... um, Mixed reactions to Quebec's big box store requiring vaccine passports. So in Quebec, those that are in Canada, you know this, or if you're in this part of Canada anyway, you have to have your vaccine passport. Okay, so despite most saying they understand why the measure has been added, Quebec's extension of the COVID-19 vaccine passport to big box stores was mixed with opposition on Monday. In an attempt to convince holdouts to get vaccinated, the Quebec government has extended the vaccine passport to all stores with surface areas of 1,500 square meters or more. I have no idea what 15 square meters are because I live in America, and we do square feet. I'm assuming that's about 45, 50,000 square foot, give or take, with the exceptions of groceries and pharmacies. That would be relatively small grocery stores and your pharmacies. Though customers who spoke with the Montreal Gazette seemed on board Monday, the measure has not been without opposition from retailers. Many have voiced concerned about backlash from customers and finding staff to scan passports amid ongoing labor shortages. Manly were disappointed, especially after considering an essential business for two years, Patrick Delee's marketing director for Canuck Hardware, a construction chain, said on Monday. <coughs> To enforce the measure, Delee said the chain has hired GardaWorld world security guards for each of its 31 stores, in addition to assigning at least one or two employees to the task at each location. Altogether, he estimates it'll cost the chain roughly $100,000 per week. Before I keep reading, and then you'll wonder why prices are going up. Because we're worried about if someone's coming into these fucking stores, if they're vaccinated or not. But like the person said, for two years prior to Monday, this this took effect on the 24th, prior to then, you were able to shop vaccinated or unvaccinated. But now, all of a sudden, you can't. And it's costing stores, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars in payroll, whether it's employees or they have to hire an outside security service to control the situation. I think personally that if the government is going to mandate this, then the government should should uh, supply the security. should supply the security guards, the scanners, the people that are needing to guard the doors from the deadly uh, variant carrying, you know, zombies that are gonna come into your fucking stores, right? Continue reading, but beyond that, it also creates uncomfortable situations. We all need to tell clients we can't serve them. And because of the delays it causes, there will be moments when it's minus 30 outside and there could be very well 50, 60, 75 people waiting in line. At large retailers in LaSalle on Monday morning, the change appeared to be going smoothly. But Walmart and Canadian tire stores have readjusted their entries to allow employees to scan passports without creating long lines. Customers also mainly agreed with the measures, though some doubt persisted over whether it makes a difference in the government hopes. I think it's a good idea," said Robert Gaudry, 74, on his way to Walmart Superstore. There is a, still a lot of people who aren't vaccinated. And now we're hearing about the fake vaccine passports. So I think it's okay if they ask for their place for in more places. Robert Lacroix, 79, said he wasn't sure the measure will convince some to get vaccinated if they haven't yet but he doesn't mind the government trying new ways of convincing people. Maybe if everyone got vaccinated, Lacour said, it could solve the problem once and for all. Uh, Geraldine L- Lalondi, for her part, said she knows the measure is making a difference. After hearing the passports now required at stores like Walmart and Costco, her niece recently got her first dose. She didn't want to, but now she did. And Lalande, 79, after buying a box of masks at Canadian Tire. So I think it shows it's working. Requiring the vaccine passport in big box stores in Quebec governments had latest push towards further restricting access to those who are unvaccinated. Last week, the measure was also added to government-owned liquor and cannabis stores. All right, I'm going to quit reading this story because it's pissing me off the more I read it. Let's go into this. (sighs) For two and a half years we've been dealing with this. Well, for a little more than two years. I shouldn't say two and a half. It is what it is. Everyone, when this Omnicron crap came out... We... We. I shouldn't say we because I didn't. But people lost their fucking minds. And in countries like Canada, where it's already blown out of proportion... Because your government, your government-controlled media has made it even worse... What have I been telling you guys for months now that there is a great divide in this country, in this world, and it's caused by this fucking television that everyone's watching, the media, whether you watch like (coughs) in America, whether you watch Fox or CNN, CNBC, uh, MSNBC, ABC, CBS, whatever you watch, whatever you watch you are gonna feel some sort of way, one way or the other. It is up to you to not be so one-sided. Okay? Now I'll say this about that. I pretty much always watch I don't always, but if I'm watching the news, it's Fox News. Okay. And that's basically because I agree with what a lot they what with a lot they have to say. Okay. Um but that's not to say I don't read other news outlets opinions so i might go to cnn or the washington post or uh, new york times or whatever so or see i mean on here on today's show i'll have stuff from fox i have stuff from the washington post i have stuff from uh the montreal because like i said, <laughs> i have stuff from cnbc so i i find stories all over the place because granted not everybody is not everything NBC isn't going to be left-leaning or CNN's going to be left-leaning. I got stuff on here from CNN that's bashing Biden. So there's, it's not about that, but it's up to you to, to get every, all the information and then make a decision up for yourself. The fact that these governments in Canada and wherever else, because we've heard about this in other countries and they're trying to do that here, hell in this country alone. They did a survey and I think it was 50% of Democrats, Democratic, you know, leaning people felt that um, that uh, all unvaccinated uh, should be in camps. You know, I mean, how does that make you feel if you're unvaccinated? You should be in a camp. This is China all of a sudden. We're in fucking China. Um, I mean, we're probably not far from it, but I think we're a way far from it compared to China. But that is very Chinesque thinking. Oh, I think we should put people in camp if they're not, in, you know, concentration camps if they're not vaccinated. What the fuck kind of thinking is that? Here's the deal. <laughs> well, I'll get into that in a second. I don't want to get too covid because I've got more of that coming up. So, nonetheless, if you live in Canada, God help you. Uh... I would say move but you probably can't leave the country. Um I just can't imagine like I said the stuff we complain about here in America is nothing like and I've heard many different people like I've listened i listened a different podcasts and uh I was listening to Jack Posobick's podcast and he was saying, you know, he he was recording his shows in Tennessee and he I don't know where he's initially from. I want to say I think oh, he's out of Washington. That's it. He's out of DC. And of course in DC, they have vaccine passports and vaccine, uh, vaccine mandates, and you can't go anywhere without a passport. So I don't know if that's why he's in Tennessee or not, but nonetheless, uh, he's like <laughs> the funny thing. He's like in the South, it's like COVID isn't even happening. Well, shit, Tennessee, where he's at in Tennessee or even the whole state of Tennessee, isn't more sou- any more South than DC is realistically. So it's not necessarily where the state is geographically. It's about whether that state or city or whatever is being ran by a right or a lefty, essentially, is what it what it boils down to. All right, because in Florida, I'm telling you right now, especially where I live in Florida, COVID, I mean, granted, you still see people with masks, and it still kind of trips me out. And But for the most part, it's non-existent i mean it's still to me it's weird even though we've been dealing with this for over two years it's weird when i see people wearing masks still and i'm like dude um we were on vacation for a couple of days we went up to saint augustine now I, th- I would say covid's a little more rampant not rampant but the sediment of covid's a little more rampant up there i don't know why um, a lot of the restaurants were very short-handed it, I mean, they're shorthanded everywhere, but it was really bad, except for where the more touristy areas were. Um, but nonetheless, it's just it's interesting. You go from state to state or different cities, and you see the thought process of those governments of whether it's a state government or city government are so different. And the science the science isn't any different in Florida than it is in Washington Washington D.C. Right. Science is science. It is what it is. I, I think a lot of these people heard what they heard back in March of 20 and they've stuck with it. All right, next story. So in Boston, I came across this one. Um, Boston patient removed from heart transplant list because he's not, yes, you guessed it, vaccinated against COVID. <laughs> the parents of 31 year old in need of a heart transplant in, at Boston Brigham and women's hospital said their son has been removed from the transplant list because he's not been vaccinated from COVID-19. The hospital told CBS Boston that it's the policy, um, that its policy is in line with other transplant programs in the U S that require the vaccine vaccine because it fits under their, under the lifestyle behaviors of the candidates. Okay. The statement said it is the hospital's goal to create both a best chance and for a successful operation and also the patient's survival after the transplant. Um, David Ferguson, the father of the patient, told the situa- station that the uh, son was at the front of the line to receive the organ but was removed because he refused to take the vaccine. His son is still in the hospital. The family praised the care the 31-year-old has been receiving. The report did not indicate why the 31-year-old needs the transplant. The hospital did not immediately respond hours after the email. Earlier this month, Fox News reported on a legal battle in Minnesota that involved a COVID-19 patient who was on a respirator who was moved um, to a care facility in Texas after the judge issued a restraining order barring the hospital from turning off the machine. Scott Queener, 55, died a week after arriving in Texas. That it did not have all his medication or medical records, but his family did say he came down with the virus around Halloween and wasn't unvaccinated. <clears throat> so it goes on to say the flu could kill you, a cold could kill you, COVID could kill you. The organs are sacred. We are not going to distribute them to someone who has a poor chance of living. While other, when others are who are vaccinated, have a better chance of post-surgery survivor. You just contradicted yourself. The flu could kill you, a cold could kill you, COVID could kill you, right? So the only thing you're worried about getting is um is uh, the COVID shot. That's the only thing you care about. Why not the flu shot? I mean, there's not a cold shot, so <laughs> I mean. I still don't understand what the hell's going on. We're so worried about people being vaccinated, right? And then you have the the CEO of Pfizer. I played this clip before, but here we go again. I'm gonna play. I'm gonna keep playing this until I'm wrong. But this is the CEO of Pfizer, and this is what he had to say about the vaccine.
1: And we know that um, the three, the two doses of the vaccine offer very limited protection, if any. The three doses with a the booster, they offer reasonable protection against hospitalization and deaths. Uh,
0: so that's the CEO. Doesn't work. Little protection. But yet here we are. We can't. This guy is going to probably die not getting, got, not getting his uh, heart transplant. And why is that? because he's not vaccinated against COVID, when it may work, it might not work, it probably won't work. We've come to those conclusions. <clears throat> You've got the CDC saying the same thing. You could still transmit the disease. You can still do these things. I it just, it, I don't know, it blows my mind. And then on top of that, now... This, is, this story is from the Washington Post. I think this came out today or yesterday. Um, FDA ends, for now, use of two monoclonal antibodies spurring the halt in federal shipments of COVID-19 treatments. The FDA on Monday took two monoclonal antibody therapies off the list of COVID-19 treatments for now, saying the medication should not be used anywhere in the United States, because they are ineffective against the dominant omin- <coughs> Omicron variant. As a result, the Department of Health and Human Services, which distributes the COVID treatments to states, notified health departments that it has halted distribution of antibody medications made by Regeneron Pharmaceuticals and Eli Lilly, according to the email sent to the states and obtained by the Washington Post. Patricia. Cavazzoni, director of FDA's Center of Drug Evaluation and Research, said in a statement that the data showed the two antibody treatments are highly unlikely to be effective against the Omicron variant, which is circulating at very high frequency through the United States. Omicron is responsible for more than 99% of the cases in the United States. Oh, my God. My question is, of that is 99%, how many people are dying from it? How many people are dying from the Omicron? I guarantee you, I haven't read this whole article, I guarantee you, they don't fucking say it in here. Guarantee. Continue, I'll continue reading just to prove that it doesn't say it in here. The FDA official said, it is highly unlikely that COVID-19 patients seeking care in the U.S. at this time are, in, are infected with a variant other than Omicron. And these treatments are not authorized to be used at this time. Because uh, Cavazone added the antibodies, could be used again in the future variant emerges that is susceptible to these therapies. Administration officials hope that ending federal distribution of the two monoclonal antibody treatments to the states will prevent COVID patients from being given drugs that do not work against Omicron. So why are we still doing the vaccines? Because that doesn't work against Omicron either. Am I correct? Senior officials said last week, Called uh, health officials in several states to urge them to stop using Regeneron and Lilly drugs, and pointed them to alternatives. Several treatments remained effective against the Omicron, including Sotrovimab, monoclonal antibody, made, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> monoclonal antibody made by Glaxo Smith Klein and Vera Birotechnical, I <laughs> the antiviral pill by. Pfizer and by Merck, Ridgeback Biotherapeutics, in addition to the use of antiviral drug res, uh, Red, red I'm sorry. Now let me finish. Let me stop for a second. So, I was on vacation. Went to St. Augustine, visit a couple of distilleries because you know that's what we do. And uh, recently stumbled upon salted caramel uh, uh, whiskey yeah so and let me tell you it mixes real well with a and w root beer anyway (laughs) so they got the green light from the regulators however several doctors and hospitals have complained that some of the covid treatments including including the pfizer pill and sotrovimab are in short supply monoclonal antibodies are manufactured proteins that can Hans, remember the immune system ability to fight viruses and other pathogens, but highly mutated Omicron variant has thwarted the ability of the Regeneron and laser therapies to work against the virus. <sighs> Let's see. DeSantis, a foe for vaccine mandates, has implied erroneously the shot might hurt fer- fertility. And last week, blah, 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 by administration official. Yes, see they don't go into any kind of detail because that's pretty much the end of the article it's just DeSantis this and biden that I think I personally think what it is is people are opting out for the monoclonal antibodies right in lieu of getting the jab the shot the the quote unquote vaccine when in actuality my question like I just said if they're taking these two monoclonal antibodies off of the shelf to be used because it says given drugs that do not work against the Omniocron. Like I said, didn't they say, didn't, didn't the CDC director and the CEO of Pfizer just say that the, the shots, all three of them, J and J, um, Pfizer and Moderna, all of those don't, aren't effective against the Omniocron. And the Pfizer CEO himself came out and also said that it would be March before they had a vaccine for the Omicron variant, strain, whatever you want to call it. I'm pretty sure I'm correct in that. So why in the hell are those still being issued? Why are we still pushing those situations? When just... Uh, let me see when this was... So this is... um. This is NBC News. As COVID deaths rise, many still caused by the Delta variant, the CDC says. So this was was two weeks ago. Most reported COVID-19 deaths in the U.S. are still from the Delta variant, not Omniocron. Dr. Rochelle Walensky, director of CDC, said Wednesday. COVID deaths, based on a seven-day morning average, have reached 1,600 per day, and 40% increase over the previous week. Point is, most of the deaths caused by COVID. Now, these are deaths caused by COVID. Not, oh, I was in a car accident and died, and by the way, I had COVID. Oh, I got shot in the head in Chicago because that's what happens in Chicago. Oh, and by the way, I had COVID. I'm not talking about those. I'm talking about actual people that die from COVID. Died from <clears throat> the Delta variant. So if the um monoclonal antibodies work against delta that was one of the things they got a lot of people through it you heard Joe Rogan Dana White uh, I think Tim Pool a lot of these guys that we know of um they got covid were given the cocktail which included the monoclonal antibodies uh the uh the different things, z I don't know all the different things that were involved in that, but nonetheless, helped those people. I mean, I'm just naming those three people because there's names you might know, but how many numerous, how many hundreds of thousands of people did it actually help other than famous people, and that stuff was free. I know, at least in the state of Florida, I'm pretty sure it's free everywhere. It was free. I remember when me and my wife came down with COVID back in August, and she did Doctor on Demand through her company. They actually suggested, hey, does, uh, you live in Florida. Your state's doing the monoclonal antibodies. Is there a site near you? At that time, he was just opening those things. And uh, there wasn't, so whatever. But point being was Doctor on Demand was pushing that situation. But now all of a sudden, it's obsolete because it's obsolete against the Omicron and because... of the cases are Omicron? Okay. Like I said, in the meantime, I'm pretty sure they said the vaccine doesn't work against that. But yeah, we're pushing that. Now, this was from the um, University of Pittsburgh School of Medicine. And this was back in September of 2021. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration has authorized or approved various COVID-19 treatments during the pandemic. The authorized treatments include monoclonal antibodies which scientists create to act like your body's natural occurring antibodies monoclonal antibodies target specific disease causing pathogens they prevent pathogens from entering your cells and help your immune system fight off disease now i'm not going to read on and tell you how antibodies work blah 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 my point is is September of 21 so this was what four or five months ago you had a school of medicine a, uh, do a, a story here on monoclonal antibodies that scientists created to act like your body's natural occurring antibodies so not only does this medicine probably help against COVID of any strain but it probably also helps against other things like the flu or the cold. Is there a reason why? And I know I've asked this. This is our 101th show. <laughs> and I've probably asked this close to 100 times. Why? Why is the government doing this? Why? And I say government because it's not just in America. It's everywhere. But why are they doing this? Follow What have they told us? For two years, two plus years, they've told us what? Follow the science. Follow the science. Follow the science. Scientists created this stuff to act like your body's natural occurring antibodies. So we don't trust that science. We just trust the vaccine science. Is it because they're making more money off the vaccine i, I don't know um <laughs> it's worked but now all of a sudden it doesn't work oh it's because it doesn't work against omicron is giving people false hope kind of like the vaccine because I'm pretty sure you guys have been saying for two years once the vaccines come out or you know the vaccine's been out a little over a, a little over a year now once you get the vaccine, you won't get COVID. You won't get sick. You'll be good. You'll be able to stay out of hospital. You won't have to wear a mask. Well, they lied about that. So pretty much, I, I'm in opposite world. I'm in bizarro land. Anytime the government tells me something, I'm going to do the opposite. Take the vaccine. I'm not going to do that. Get monoclonal antibodies. Where can I get those? <laughs> because I'm just saying, I just think it's interesting that you have these situations of everything they've told us it's like the opposite is what's true and i know i'm not the only person asking why but why aren't more people asking why i found this this was out of ventura county california citizens journal the government is lying about vaccines and ivermectin. But why? And that story's a few months old, but it's interesting as I stumble upon stories when I'm looking up stuff. It's interesting. So this is by a gentleman named Wayne Allen Root. He writes, It's been quite a week. I've been in the media business for decades, and I never before witnessed such lies, exaggeration, and outright fraud all in the intent to force everyone to be vaccinated. Oh, here you go. I guess uh, Wayne is asking the question too. And the question is why? <laughs> Let's start with the vaccine itself. The results in Israel prove what a sham, charade, and fraud this all is. The U.S. government's for um, Centers for Disease and Control and Prevention argue that the vaccine is our only chance to survive and that people are hospitalized and dying with COVID because they are unvaccinated. And both arguments are pure fraud. First, are you aware that anyone who dies within 14 days of getting vaccinated is considered unvaccinated? No wonder, they claim, everyone who is dying is unvaccinated. If you die from COVID-19, whether you're vaccinated or unvaccinated, they just call you unvaccinated. If a business person in a private sector tried that scam, they'd spend the next 20 years in prison for fraud. The CDC has also been using stats of COVID-19 deaths going back to January to make their claim that deaths are almost exclusively among the unvaccinated. That's because earlier in the year, almost everyone was unvaccinated. (laughs) That's called rigging the numbers. The CDC must use the same Democrats who rigged the, the 2020 election. Worst of all, The media have blacked out the developing disaster in Israel. Israel is the most vaccinated country in the world. They all got the Pfizer vaccine. At first, the death's hospitalizations went to almost zero. Israel declared victory over COVID-19. But everything changed. Today, a massive COVID-19 outbreak has engulfed the vaccinated Israel. Hospitals are full. People are dying. At this moment, Israel is the most vaccinated nation in the world, has more COVID-19 infections per capita than any country in the world. The past week was the worst for COVID-19 in Israel ever. Israel is setting records for unvaccinated people in hospitals. Deaths are skyrocketing. See, and that's why I brought this story to light. Because how many people are talking about this? Now, this story is about three months old no one's talking about that to the point where it's so bad no mask no lockdown sweden has banned travelers from israel like in sweden you're good there's no mandates of any kind in sweden but if you're from israel you can't even go to that to sweden and many of the eu is following suit the vaccine isn't isn't just failing it is a spectacular fail it wore off it no longer works and it's just And just as my holistic doctor friends predicted, it makes the next wave far worse. And we've been saying that. When you were a child, you got a vaccine for polio. You didn't have to go every three months to get a polio shot. You didn't have to go every year for a polio shot. Hell, you didn't have to go every 20 years for a polio shot. And as far as I know, I'm 48 years old. I've only had one polio shot. Guess what? No polio. The point that... You have to consistently take this shot means it's not a number one. It's not a vaccine. If at best, it's the flu shot. Just because you changed the definition of what a vaccine is doesn't make it a vaccine. (laughs) And even the flu shot, even if you want to go as far as saying the flu shot, at least that's only once a year. People are on their third shot. Now they're talking about a fourth and a fifth shot of this stuff why so Wayne uh Wayne Allen Root I'm with you brother the question is why I I don't know but I did have some breaking news just as I was getting ready to record this it was kind of interesting Chris had sent me a a situation on this <laughs> and as I was reading it I got another news alert and I'm thinking okay so the title the headline was Biden administration to withdraw COVID-19 vaccination and testing regulations aimed at big business, at large businesses. It's like, okay, sweet, he's backing off of the OSHA situation, right? I mean, of course, they lost, so of course they're backing off of it. So, if, if you're a person who just reads the headlines, you're thinking, okay, well, he gave up, cool. Well, this is from CNN. The Biden administration is withdrawing its COVID-19 vaccine vaccination and test uh regula- regulation aimed at large businesses, following the Supreme Supreme Court's decision to block the rule earlier this month. The US Department of Labor uh the U.S. Department of Labor Occupation of Safety Health we'll just call it OSHA <laughs> said Tuesday. It will be withdrawing the vaccination and And words. Where the hell did they go? Hmm, interesting. Give me a second here. All right. With businesses of more than 100 or more employees, according to the statement on the agency's website, although OSHA is withdrawing the vaccination and testing ETS as an enforceable emergency temporary standard. That's key. That's why I read it slow. The agency is not withdrawing the ETS as a proposed rule. The agency is prioritizing its resource to focus on finalizing a permanent COVID-19 healthcare standard, the statement read. So it's it's kind of a trick. You see the title. You see the headline. Biden administration withdrawals vaccine testing regulations aimed at large business. You're thinking cool they gave up. Osha's gave up. We're 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 out of the water. Now what they're doing is they're they're removing the emergency temporary standard. They don't want to make it temporary. They want to make it permanent. The question is the ruling from the Supreme Court had nothing to do with it being a temporary or a permanent situation. I believe if if I'm correct that it was about the overreaching of that government agency. They don't have the there was too, they don't have the broad range of, of scope to to deal with this. It's not it's not something that they can mandate, much like you've heard comparisons. OSHA can tell you to wear a hard hat or steel toe boots or gloves or whatever while you're at work. But when you leave work You could take all of those things off. You can take your hairnet off and you can take off your, uh, you know, your hard hat and your steel toe boots and your gloves and whatever safety equipment you have to wear when you're at work. You can take that off as soon as you leave work. The vaccine is permanent. It's within your body for as long as it is. It's not a permanent, it's, you know, a hard hat isn't permanent. It's not sutured to your head. (laughs) And I think that's the key. And that's where they said it's going to have to be something that goes through, you know, the Congress, Senate. You know, it's got to be a law. It's got to be made law. They just can't mandate these things as much as they want to believe. Mandate is not a law. Okay. And anytime they tell you that you're mandated to do ABCD, you tell them F-U-C-K. Right. Because it's not law. (laughs) <laughs> the word itself. Look it up. It's not law. Um, so the point being is when you see headlines, if you have news apps on your phone, read the stories because basically what they're trying to do is still they're going to reapply through the Supreme Court. They're going to try and get it overruled. I can't imagine. I mean, you're going to have people, oh my God, did you see? They said they're going to do this, that, and the other thing. Trust me when I tell you this. Don't panic because the... I can't imagine that the the uh supreme court justices the the six or whatever it was that said that um osha was overreaching isn't gonna all of a sudden change their mind because they feel that um they feel that uh oh since you're gonna make it permanent it's better <laughs> right and, and maybe that's what maybe that's what they think now that i think about it you know because What did I don't remember which justice it was, but they said you can't, you can't do these things because it's a permanent situation. Like I said, hard hat, shoes, whatever. You can take those off. You can't take the vaccine off. It's it's in you. So maybe that's why they're thinking. Well, we'll just make it permanent. (laughs) Are you going to make hard hats and steel toe boots and everything permanent too? Yeah, just because you're off the job site, you still have to wear that stuff. But I'm I'm going to the house. Whatever. It's for your safety. All right, on to other news. The J-6 Committee. I have no idea what that is, but let's talk about it. I'm joking. So if you guys don't know, the J-6 Committee is the January 6th insurrection, terrorist, worst thing since Pearl Harbor and 9-11 Committee. This was Newt Gingrich on Fox News the other day, and uh, this is what he had to say.
1: Uh, You're going to have a Republican majority in the House, and Republican majority in the Senate and all these people who have been so tough and so mean and so nasty are going to be delivered subpoenas for every document, every conversation, every tweet, every email, uh, because I think it's clear that this these are people who are literally just running over the law, pursuing innocent people, causing them to spend thousands and thousands of dollars in legal fees for no justification, and it's basically a lynch mob And unfortunately, the attorney general of the United States has joined that lynch mob and is totally misusing the FBI. And I think when you have a Republican Congress, this is all going to come crashing down and the wolves are going to find out that they're now sheep. And they're the ones who are, in fact, going to, I think, face a real risk of jail uh, for the kind of laws they're breaking.
0: Now, I hope I hope that's true. Now, what does he mean by all that? I have no idea. But the Federalist is gonna tell us about it. <laughs> Only ten percent of the J six committee subpoenas relate to the Capitol riot. Okay, so what does that mean? So the J6, January sixth committee, right? Their whole purpose or their whole said purpose is to find is to convict all these people of rioting and insurrectionists and whatever else they're calling them, right? The the three percenters and the oath keepers and all these evil people that did bad things right now that's not to say that there wasn't a few people that did bad things but as we will come to find out sooner or later we will come to find out that those people were either fbi informants fbi themselves or like black Lives matter you had john sullivan you had these different entities involved trying to rile up everybody um The true people that were there to protest were doing as such. Unfortunately, those people also got lumped into the whole situation. But the interesting thing is 10% of the people on the committee and the subpoenas that were released or that were issued were for people that were actually doing bad things. So like I said, this story is out of the Federalist House Select Committee established to probe the Capitol riot is not interested in probing the Capitol riot. The House Select Committee established to probe the uh, Capitol riot is not interested in probing the Capitol riot, according to Federalist analysts. Of the 84 subpoenas publicly issued by House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's Select Committee on January 6, only eight have targeted individuals or groups with any connection to the Capitol riot. The rest have taken aim at former government officials and private citizens in a smear campaign for exercising their constitutional rights to protest. The 84 subpoenas do not include more than 100 seeking the telephone records of individuals whose uh, identities remain under seal both from the public and from whose privacy the uh, committee seeks to violate. Every member of this committee is dedicated to conducting a nonpartisan professional and thorough investigation of all relevant facts regarding the January 6th said Liz Cheney, right? Upon accepting, um, Pelosi's appointment as vice chair, we owe it to the American people to investigate everything that is led up to the transpired on January 6th, except the committee absent of Republican appointees at, um, Pelosi's direction is far from nonpartisan, and the probe's investigation is far from focused on the security failures of January 6th. Born in the ashes of 9-11-style commission blocked by Republicans when Democrats refused a genuine investigation of violence on Capitol Hill, Pelosi's select committee on January 6th has remained faithful to its central purpose, and that purpose is seeking retribution against the political Descendants, while offering a smokescreen to Pelosi's own culpability in her failures to reinforce capital security. Uh, committee Chairman Bernie Thomas Thompson of Mississippi made that much clearer last summer in an interview with CNN. He says, if you look at the charge that we have in resolution, it says the facts and circumstances around January 6th, I do not see the Speaker being a part of that and parcel to that. According to Thomas, Pelosi's apparent refusal to approve activation from the National Guard not once, but six times, according to testimony from former Capitol Police Chief uh, Stephen Sun, fails to fall under the umbrella of facts and circumstances around January 6th. Meanwhile, federal agencies run by Democrats have concluded with Pelosi's deputies in the House to block a genuine investigation of the security failures by at the Capitol by Republican lawmakers kicked from the Speaker's select panel. So, the situation is, you have a couple Democrats disagreeing with her. Most Republicans, and those that do disagree with her, they're not on the committee anymore. Because there's obviously an agenda here. They're going after Trump uh, affiliates, whether it's family members, People that worked on his staff, people that he was friends with, whatever the case is. I did find a story where they did, there's a legal fund set up for some of the the lower end people in his, uh, you know, that were, you know, uh, worked in his, uh, on Trump's behalf. You know, whether they were staffers of whatever kind that might not have the money to afford lawyers and stuff. But it's just interesting That they're so. I mean, it's been a year now. Trump hasn't been president for a year, and we still have this hard on for Trump. And one can't wonder, help but wonder if they're they're that scared. They've known this year has been a shit show by Biden. They know that it's not going to get any better anytime soon. And the fact that this is an election year, not so much for Biden, but for. However many seats in the House and the Senate, not to mention you have how many people retiring on in in both houses. Um, I think last time I saw it was twenty something members of, of Congress were retiring, uh, and I don't remember the number on Senate, but there was there was a few in the Senate, most of which were Democrats. There was a few Republicans, but most the majority of them were Democrats from you know different different states. So you've had a shit show. For the last year, at least the last year, maybe a little longer, with Democrats doing the things they're doing, you've had states in which have had situations where you've had new go- governors elected. You've had almost new go- like in New Jersey, almost, uh, Phil Murphy almost lost. Uh, and since then, it's been a shit show with, <laughs> with everything else going on. So surely you're going to see some some situation. So are they so hell bent on, on Trump and his people to try and get him something against him? So he can't run or won't run or whatever the case is. And then the meantime is maybe them pulling the, the immune uh, emergency authorization from the uh, monoclonal antibodies, a situation, because they know that uh, DeSantis is probably one of the biggest users or, you know, the state of Florida is probably one of the biggest users of that medicine and maybe that's kind of why kind of, well, if we, if we get rid of the, the monoclonal antibodies, then that kind of puts a black eye on, on DeSantis and then being able to do that. So that'll make more people die in Florida. <laughs> yeah, that's what we need to do. These people don't care about you. If they truly care, they would let you do whatever you wanted to do. If you wanted to do monoclonal, if you want to do a vaccine, if you want to do wear a mask or not wear a mask, they don't care about you. I think uh, every time I think of that, I think of that Ricky Gervais from the what was that? Golden Globes. I don't care. They don't care. They don't give a shit. And um this is how I know they don't give a shit. This is Biden yesterday had a uh, or the day before had a news conference and I think it was to do about Russia and God forbid that biden can have a presser on anything other than one particular topic but uh he has a reporter you know there's a pool of reporters and you know and our beloved uh peter Ducey calls out a question and uh well let me go ahead and play it it's kind of muffled uh, i'll i'll explain it to you on the back side but you'll clearly hear what old uh biden has to say on the situation here <laughs> So, if you couldn't understand because everyone's wearing masks and they're talking over each other, but he, the uh, news conference was about Russia, Ukraine, and all the shit going on over there, and they were done. I'm done with questions. And so, someone asked, a "Couple, will you take this question? Will you take that question?" Ducey's like, "Will you take a question on on inflation? Do you think affla- inflation is going to have anything to do with your with the upcoming election?" And This is what Biden says. That's
1: a great asset. More inflation. What a stupid son of a bitch.
0: So there's your president of the United States saying that to a news reporter. Now, I personally think it's kind of funny because that's your that's your real Joe Biden. And the reason I think it's funny is because Right now, the people on the left are like, well, what? It was a stupid question. I, don't I mean, we're talking about war with Russia, and we're talking about, you know, China, and we're talking about that. And they're, well, you know what? I'll say this about that. You, when I say you, Joe Biden, you're more concerned with the border between the Ukraine and Russia. In the meantime, we have hundreds of thousands of migrants rolling across our southern border to no demise. Now... Your argument could be well, these are just people seeking asylum from the Middle East, or not Middle East, from uh, Central America and from Mexico and Honduras and wherever. Okay. Whatever. That's not true because they've stopped Chinese, they've stopped Middle Easterns, they've stopped people from other countries, not just from the South. (laughs) And even if that's true, like I've said before, I have no problem with anyone coming to this country. If you feel like you need to be here because you're being oppressed and whatever, cool. Knock on the door. Do it the right way. Much like if you're sneaking. Okay, let me put it this way. If you're if you're uh, you know, sidestepping on your wife or your woman with another chick and you're having to sneak out the bedroom window to get away from her husband, it's not legit, right? You're doing bad things. Right, if you're sneaking into the country because you don't want to do it the proper way you're doing bad things if you would come to the door and knock and say I'm from wherever and I need help you're more than likely going to be led down the road to where you need to be but no I mean I guess in this sense they're still being led down the road to where they need to be because they're being released throughout the country and uh, in the meantime we're stressed over the border of Russia and uh, the Ukraine It just, it kills me because, you know, he wants to go down as the president to defeat Russia. You know, he's still old school. It's interesting because I remember, I recall the debates between um, Obama and Romney. And Romney was talking a lot about Russia. And and this was, you know, what, eight years ago, more than eight years ago. And um, I think Obama, I don't remember exactly the one-liner he said, but something like 1984 called and they want their whatever back. You know, ha, 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 because we're not worried about Russia anymore. It's more about the Middle East. Yuck, yuck, yuck. But here we are. Of course, for the last four years, all we worried about was Russia and the PP hoax and the Russian collusion and all this other bullshit. But when realistically, there is a Ukraine collusion, because in my opinion, the reason Biden's doing what he's doing is because of all the private family dealings that his son has going on with the Ukrainians and the Ukrainian government. With barisma and all these different situations, and it's millions of dollars that the Biden family is making off of Ukraine. So Ukraine's probably like, look, motherfucker, you better hook you better help us out, or we're gonna spill the beans. Maybe. Or, you know, is is Biden flashing back to the nineteen eighties? He wants to go down as the president that defeated Russia, when in actuality this guy can barely defeat a bow movement, right? And when pressed, you know, on these facts, you know, he had the outburst against Peter Ducey, and then, um, and then you had this. This was on CNN, and I found this is this is interesting in general. This is a little over a minute clip, but the kicker is this is on CNN. This is on Anderson Cooper 360. When have you ever in your life thought you would hear someone on CNN say these words? Scott, I read a piece that you just wrote, essentially saying this is Joe Biden doing what Joe Biden does.
1: Yeah, well, he—he, I never imagined how quickly this would all unfold. The person they sold on the campaign, the nice old, you know, moderate grandpa who just wanted to help everybody get along and compromise, is not what we got over the last year. He has no mandate, really, to do much of anything. It's amazing that he got a couple of things done when the mandate was really... Uh, Pretty clear, 50-50 Senate, a near 50-50 House, and a pretty close presidential election. The mandate was simply replace Donald Trump and don't do anything drastic or stupid. And everything about this agenda is extremely drastic. And he's been angrier than I think people expected. He's been more divisive. He's been more partisan. You look at the issues. We built five years of coverage on Trump out of Russia, COVID, and democracy. The president at his press conference invites Russia to invade the Ukraine. we got more deaths under Biden than Trump. And now we have the president and vice president and leading Democrats question the legitimacy of the 2022 election. Are we any better off on these three issues that we crucified Trump over? I think he has a lot of political problems. And an AP poll came out this morning. Only 28% of Americans want the sitting president to run for reelection, and fewer than half of Democrats. This is a disaster.
0: So, um, I mean, that's interesting because, like I said, that was on CNN. Now, the gentleman speaking was there on this panel was more of a the republican response blah 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 but they let him talk and the things he said he's not wrong everything that biden's doing is shit they blame trump for doing but here we are not only that a lot of the stuff they're blaming that that he said biden's doing they're trying to convince convict trump and his people over right and not only that you had what michael lindell from you know the my pillow guy He's being crucified. His bank is holding his money, and you know, spawn, you know, stores have kicked, uh, stopped selling my pillow. He's he's basically down to just doing online sales. Um, not to try and do a ad for my pillow, you know, because they're not a sponsor of the show. I would, but you know, just saying. <laughs> but you know, then you go into this. So for the past year, all we've been dealing with is COVID, and. Everyone needs to get vaccinated, and this is the pandemic of, un- of the unvaccinated and whatever. And once that OSHA thing got shut down, isn't it funny how, what was that, three weeks, two weeks ago, three weeks ago? As soon as the OSHA thing got shut down, we flipped a switch and went from COVID, COVID, COVID vaccines da, 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 to war. <laughs> and this is a piece from uh, CNBC. If war is coming, the West must decide how far it will go to defend Ukraine against Russia. So this is what I'm saying: is are we on the precipice of World War III? And much like in the past, you know, not all wars. I'm not talking about Korea and Vietnam and all that shit. If you look at the ones that that were titled in history as World Wars, one, two, and now possibly three, those were called world wars because it wasn't the you know u.s versus germany it wasn't that it was the allies versus the axis so you had you know uh the u.s and england and whoever else i mean that was pretty much it i think you had some other people but france pretty much just gave up and so you have like canada and whatever but nonetheless it was multiple countries versus other multiple countries That's what this will be. Now those multiple countries are what we call NATO. NATO didn't exist. NATO came about after World War II. That was the North Atlantic Treaty Organization. That's what NATO stands for. Um, Prior to World War II, there was no NATO. Um, So now you have a situation where you're looking at possibly... Right now we're Russia, Russia, Russia. But in actuality... It's Russia, China, probably North Korea, and maybe Iran, something like that, where they're looking to, much in the sense of how uh, World War II was, where Germany was kind of focused on Europe into Russia. Italy was kind of south, so they were looking to go into into, uh, Africa. And then China was obviously—I'm sorry, not China, uh, Japan— was looking into Asia. And then. Between those three factions. They were going to divide up the United States. South, I mean. idea. The idea was. To do those things. And then break up the North and South America. Into quadrants of. Of those three entities. That you know. That was the, the grand plan. So what's the grand plan for. Those people. So you look at the same situation as. Russia thinking, okay, well, we'll do Russia, will do us, and Europe, China will do Asia into, like, India and uh, Japan and whatnot, Iran, whatever. I, you know, I'm just guesstimating at how you break it down. But nonetheless, that's how your world war gets into a situation. Obviously, we're talking U.S. versus the Ukraine I'm sorry, versus Russia to protect the Ukraine. But uh, Tuesday night, you saw situations where I think we said we have uh, 8,500 troops in in, uh, Germany on standby. But Denmark's floating boats into the Black Sea. And then you have, you know, different situations. England's doing this. And there's your world, quote-unquote, war. So... In addition to that, the U.S. State Department urges U.S. citizens in Ukraine to leave the country immediately as Russia's military build up at the border. Well, they've been building up at the border for a couple of months now. Why, all of a sudden, are we asking these people to leave? Or say, suggesting, I should say, these people to leave? Fears of a Russian invasion of Ukraine are growing as the military buildup at the border shows no sign of dis dissipating and crisis talks remain at an impasse well I, you know i'm i'm so over this shit i'll be honest with you as the u.s and uk respond with threats of sanctions and more and withdraw diplomatic staff from their embassies in Kyiv, analysts are questioning whether the west can actually deter russia and just how far western allies are willing to go to defend the country while Russia continues to send additional troops and weaponry to the Ukraine border, there seems to be some division among Western allies on how about how to respond. Helima Croft, head of global com um, commodity strategy and Middle East and North Africa research, RBC Capital Markets said in a note Sunday evening, while um, while they have all promised tough response the UK and US have gone furthest in pledging crippling economic sanctions indicating that Russia indeed has invasion plans and is seeking to install pro Kremlin leader in Kyiv by contrast Germany naval chief was forced to resign after stating that Putin deserved respect (coughs) so I'm going to say this about that and and I'm not going to keep reading this because this isn't breaking news. This isn't anything you guys haven't probably already heard. But here's my thought: wasn't it two months ago, three months ago, where we greenlighted the North Star or whatever it's called uh, pipeline between Germany and Russia? I mean, that's obvious why the German naval chief was forced to resign. Germany feels some sort of way about Georgia or about Georgia. <laughs> Germany feels some sort of way about Russia, and. The US, if we're in charge of whatever, we're greenlighting other countries to be able to to uh do pipelines and shit in the meantime. We can't even do pipelines in our own country. But um what what are gonna be these crippling economic sanctions? Does Russia even give a shit? I would say this. I would say <laughs> that would be in contrast of let's compare Putin to uh to uh fucking uh damn i totally forgot his name uh blah blah blah. shit i hate when i do this i guess i'm having my cognitive decline (laughs) hitler there we go you guys don't know that i had to stop and look that up but no i'm joking um so let's compare putin to hitler in the sense of domination i'm not saying that Putin's killing Jews and whatever. I'm not saying that just as far as from a leadership, I want to take over the world standpoint. Do you think if back in World War, back in the thirties, if when all this shit was going on in Germany, if we threatened sanctions against Germany, Germany was like, I don't give a fuck about your sanctions. I don't, you know, I don't know that that existed back in those days, but that's my point. Do you think if you're a, an evil dictator and you're looking at world domination, you give two shits about sanctions? In your mind, if you're a psychopathic world leader that's bent on on domination, you don't care about sanctions. Because in your mind, you're going to get your sanctions in the grand scheme of things, right? Because you're going to take over the world. You'll get your sanctions. You'll get your your money or your non-sanctions. So sanction the fuck out of me. I don't care. You don't think Russia's got the money to do what they want to do. They've already got the arms, they've already got the people. They've already got everything they need to get. They'll make they have no problem making their people suffer for their cause. They're not America where they try. America tries to everyone wants to believe we live in a free world which for the most part we do compared to other parts of the of the world. But if you think for one second Russia gives a shit about their people, because the only, per, only people that are going to suffer from sanctions of this country are going to be the people, not the military, not the government, and not the people in charge. They're not going to suffer. The people of Russia are going to be the ones that suffer because any money that they lack, the government, that the government lacks, they're just going to take from their people. If the goal is to be a world-dominating power and if their goal, if they're in cahoots with China and whoever else to take over the world, if they are the quote-unquote pinky in the brain of, uh, <laughs> of this situation, they don't care about your sanctions. They don't care about your money. They're going to get their money, their situation. They're going to do what they want to do. The only way to stop them is to go to war. Now, with that being said, I still go back to the why. Why do we give a shit? Now, I had this conversation with Chris. We were talking. And he he compared it back to World War II. If we did the same thing to Germany, when Germany was doing whatever, you know, would we have done the same thing? Well, here's the thing about that. Yeah. When, when, When Hitler was doing his thing back in 34, 35... We were kind of like, look, we got our own problems over here. We're in the middle of a depression. You know, we got our own shit going on. We're trying to figure shit out over here. You know, that's a, that's a Europe problem. The only time, the only reason we got involved in that whole situation was because Japan basically forced our hand. We were out of it. I mean, I think we helped somewhat from like a supply standpoint, but we weren't, we weren't financially able to get into the mix. Like, like we had to after the point where we were bombed. Because, of course, at that point, now we can't look like pussies. And I equated the story back to Chris. like, you know, ever since the, this country was created, we were just a bunch of ragtag dudes with rifles and some cannons and whatever. And we took on the world's biggest military, right? We defeated them. Then a few years later, that same military tried to come back and... Get what was what they felt was theirs, back we defeated them again. Then you had other situations where Spain tried and France tried, and we, this country was built on war. And then it was probably wasn't until the late 1800s where we finally figured out that we didn't have to, you know, people. It's kind of like I compared it to this. I was compared it to the bully in the schoolyard and let's say the bully is britain england and we're the we're the kid that's just trying to be left alone we just want to be left alone but britain keeps picking on so we we punch him in the eye bully backs off but the bully's like you know fuck that shit i'm going back in and get punched in the eye again so finally the bully's learned his lesson but now there's another bully spain and they want to get involved we punch them in the eye so they back off and then we were pretty much left alone until we started punching each other in the eye in the Civil War. <laughs> and then then you had England kind of sneak back in on the backside trying to fund the South to divide the country. Because a divided country is an easier target, obviously, much in which we're seeing today. Um, we defeated that. We figured it out. We got it right. And then World War I came along and we got involved in that because for whatever reason we didn't feel things were right but then you had the spanish flu we came out of that we did a lot of the things we're doing today spent too much money made too much products stopped spending money and so on and so forth stock market crashed and then we were up Shit's creek without a paddle and world war ii comes along we don't really have the funds to get involved so we're not going to deal with that and then we get drugged into it again by another bully. But then, as time went on, and you had Korea, uh, Vietnam, you had you know then into Desert Storm. We are not a country that's built because when we try to fight a war, we believe it that there's rules to war. And when you fight guerrilla warfare, when you fight Koreans and Vietnamese in the jungles, and you're fighting in the deserts, you're fighting. These people, they don't want us there, number one. They, they fight to the death, whether it's your death or their death. They don't care. There's no rules on their end. That's why we don't do well in those situations. We don't do well in guerrilla warfare because we try to fight with rules. And Chris equated it to, it's kind of like breaking into somebody's house, and when they go to fight you, they're going to fight to the death of getting you out of their house. Whereas you're going to go in there and say, look, I understand you're mad. We're in your house and you want to fight me, but there's no punching below the belt. (laughs) Of course you break into my house. You don't have to worry about getting punched, but nonetheless, my point is, is we are so worried about Ukraine for whatever reason. And I think the reason is financial on the Biden's behalf um I think they're gonna try and make it out to be that we should get involved in the situation of World War II. Um I still say that it's Ukraine's problem. It's Poland's, it's those countries around Ukraine's problem because obviously if they take over Ukraine, then who's next, right? But I think we sh I think we could help in the situation of maybe Here's some tanks, here's some equipment, here's some whatever. Um, But for the most part, I don't feel that we should send any of our kids into battle for someone else's problem. If Russia was to invade here or China was to invade here, do you think Ukraine's going to send us troops? England's going to send us troops? They're going to send us equipment? Probably not. So I'm going to leave it at that. And I'm sure we'll have more to talk about this whole situation come Friday. And with that being said, guys, please share this with your friends. Uh, whatever podcast app you're listening to this on, we're available everywhere. So there's no one, no excuse for no one to listen to us. The only place I'm not heard is on Pandora. Like I said, fuck Pandora. But I would guarantee you if you got Apple, Google, uh, iheart spotify podbeam stitcher amazon or everywhere or even places i don't even realize exist cuz i see where the downloads are coming from so guys the guys the, the folks that are listening i thank you please keep doing what you're doing but most importantly those people that are listening you need to share this with your friends and uh, like i said listen to the new series i got going on right now uh, right now it's about empires great empires the rise and fall of great empires check that out season uh, series 1 is up now I'll probably do part two this coming Sunday and then on Friday we'll just have a regular show of the shit show that is the the Biden's America right now <laughs> all right guys um so like I said please go to the website don't tread on america.com and from there you can access all our social media platforms check us out there drop a line uh give, an, give us a like and please share this with your friends. And I'll holler at you guys on Friday. Have a great day.